welcome to the Thrive Women's Podcast. Today, we're really glad that you're listening. I'm Angie Wysocki, and I'm joined by Lisa Thompson, my partner in crime, I guess, partner in podcasting crime. <laughs> but <laughs> uh, yeah, we're glad that you joined us today, and uh, we have a great conversation coming up with someone we dearly love, although I feel like I say that every week, so I don't know, get used to it. They've all been really fun. That's right. But it's it's December and that, believe it or not, it's awesome. It's Christmas all around us. Uh, Lisa, how was your weekend? You've got the tree up. You made it through Thanksgiving. Yeah. How are you enjoying this season so far? Well, I, yeah, I think all of us are looking at Christmas a little bit differently, um, just given our year. But I also think we are appreciating some of the traditions and the things that we have around our home just to give us a sense of normalcy, if you will. And um, so for me, kicking off Christmas, besides getting my tree up, is to watch Christmas movies. And so Saturday, I had the house to myself, which is amazing and never happens. My husband and some of my kids were out of town, and I just was like giddy with joy. Doesn't that sound bad? But <laughs> So I, uh, I turned on White Christmas, and I sat down on the couch with a cup of tea, and uh, it was absolutely wonderful to just rest, but also be reminded of some of the things that I love about this season. And Christmas miracles are part of that. And that's what God has has in store for us, I believe, will be some Christmas miracles and ways that he's working yeah. this year out for good that we're going to see. So I'm just believing that. Um, and uh, but awesome. how about you? What are some of your Christmas movie favorites, Angie? Well, I do have a list of some uh, staples that I watch every year. I'm a big like Polar Express fan and Elf. Oh, I love um, Elf. I love, oh, I know. Miracle on 34th Street, um, White Christmas. Unfortunately for me this week, I seem to get into a bit <laughs> of a dark hole of the cheesy Hallmark oh, my. Christmas movies. I mean, I think that's all I watched on Saturday and and they start so quick. Yeah. So it, you watch one and I literally I watched one that was like, you know, a Christmas ice festival. And I'm like, OK, whatever. It was about like ice sculptors <laughs> at Christmas time. And I'm like, why am I watching this? And then before you know it, the next one starts and it's about like a wedding planner at Christmas. And I was like, I've got to get off this train. But. Yeah, I need to watch some of the classics to redeem my weekend. I tell binge. you that those Hallmark Christmas specials have a whole cult following. I mean, there's a whole culture, subculture of Hallmark Christmas watchers out there, and it sounds like you're part of that. I know. I know. I I really am, and I try to not be, but for some yeah. reason, I just you know what? Maybe I eat it up. I tell you what, I can see those really taking off this year because Hallmark. Christmas specials have a formula you can count on and you know how it's going to end. And maybe in this season where everything's upside down and we don't know how things are going to end, a good old Hallmark will at least give you some semblance of You know what's interesting about that? (laughs) Right. Don't worry, everyone. The whole episode isn't on this. But I was texting with a friend about it this weekend and she said, she's like, I have a theory that there are only certain Enneagram numbers that like the Hallmark Christmas movies. I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> and so we were just laughing. She's like, I think I want to try to 
do some research. I'm like, I don't know how you're going to research that. Yeah. But I don't know. There may be a correlation and maybe someone out there is going to launch a study. Okay. Well, you know, We'll look, Next year, we'll see it. We'll look forward to those findings. But we know you're listening not to understand uh, how Hallmark fits into our personality. But but uh, actually, we're excited to share an incredible uh, friend and co-worker that we have the privilege of working with at Bayside Church in Northern California by the name of Stephanie Whitrip. And we were so excited to bring her on this podcast, not only because of a an Advent devotional that she she just released and wrote, but also she's just inspiring. She is young in the ways that uh, she's leading right now, and I just love the ways that she's taken the gifts that God has given her and just continues to move those forward to to make a difference at our church and in this world. And uh, no matter what age and stage and gifts you have, I think a conversation like the one we had with her today will definitely encourage you to use what God's given you for his glory as well. So enjoy our conversation with Stephanie Whitetrip. Hey, today I'm so excited because we invited one of our co-workers, but also one of our great friends, Stephanie Wychip, to join us for a conversation. And you guys are in for a treat because Stephanie, not only is she one of the most gifted uh, people that we get to work with, but she um, has a passion for writing and a passion for ministry that is really inspiring. Stephanie works with us at Bayside Church here in Northern California. Um, She wears a lot of hats, as most people in ministry do, but recently um, she has been working on her Master's of Arts in Christian Formation, Uh, and while working full-time, I mean, you guys, a lot of you know that struggle, school-work balance, Uh, but but she's been diving deeper into learning more about the Bible and how to share that with people, and she actually wrote a book this year, and it's so exciting, Uh, and we're going to talk about that devotional and what that was like, but Stephanie, welcome to the podcast. We're so glad you're here. Thank you. Thanks for having me. This is fun. The other thing I think we should say about Stephanie is that if you are listening to this podcast, we owe a lot of the credit for this start, even starting and happening to Stephanie, because back a couple months ago, she helped us get this off the ground and a lot of logistics behind the scenes. So, so glad you're on Tina. this side of the microphone now. Yes, this, this is <laughs> it's really weird. fun. You can do your own show notes, Stephanie, okay? <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, okay, so... I mean, I sort of told people about you, but tell us a little bit about yourself, your family, um, what ministry looks like for you. And then like, how do you, what's life look like outside of ministry for you? Yeah, well, like Angie said, we are in Northern California um, and I'm married. I've been married to my husband, Jared, for um, almost four years. And we have a little white fluffy dog, as we like (laughs) to say. Um, and also we became fish parents and we have three (laughs) fish tanks in our house. So that's a fun fact that not a lot of people know. We have lots of fish. (laughs) Wow. You're all in on the the fish parenting. Yeah. Are they separated by type of fish, Stephanie, or are they all mixed together? (laughs) They're all all mixed together. They're freshwater, but, um, just, you know, one tank got too crowded. So we had to get another one. (laughs) So, um, yeah, and then I am, I just recently transitioned to full-time communications 
for our um, Granite Bay campus at Bayside Church. And uh, my extra time is spent doing a lot of different things. So I just frequently have a lot of different projects going on. Um, I, I like writing, obviously. This year I did write a book um, and published that. I actually have some clients I work with on the side, Lisa Thompson being one of them because she writes amazing Bible studies. And so just helping them kind of rebrand or get their books published, um, formatting their books with setting up their blogs, just a bunch of different things like that. Um, I do like to read, spend time with friends. I do like watching TV too, you know, just vegging out. (laughs) I actually just watched the entire season of the queen's gambit in oh. one day. oh i watched yeah. that too yes oh, it was okay. really good i didn't think i'd like it and well I the, loved fi- it. the final episode redeemed like a couple of the prior episodes that, <laughs> yeah. yes that was a win finish for that series i yes, can't believe they're not great. doing another season of that either i know it's a bummer anyway well, we should write someone and tell them. But <laughs> <laughs> so um, obviously, we're we're here to talk a little bit about this new book that you wrote. But I want to talk to you about just the evolution of your writing. Like I think back to middle school and high school and sitting in English and learning how to write a one three one essay. And I mean, at what point, Stephanie, did you decide? Like I really love to write. I love putting thoughts together. I love the creative part. Like when, when did you know that that this was going to be something that was really energizing and that came easy for you? And then talk about just how that's evolved over the last few years. Um, Cause I do want to mention, you know, you are doing a lot of this and you are one of our younger co-workers and which is inspiring to us and to hopefully other younger co-workers and people listening that, um, you know, you're never too young or too old to do what God's called you to do. And so I want to kind of talk about that a little bit too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so some people confused on my internet presence because my name is more present than my last name. Um, and so I go by Stephanie Lapriel almost everywhere. Um, and that's because that was my grandmother's name. So my grandmother is the one who got me into reading, got me into all the libraries to um, just love words. And she was also a writer herself. And so Mm -hmm. that really started at a really young age. Um, And it was probably about middle school, like you said, (laughs) um, when I really found a passion for writing with a purpose in mind. And I, in seventh grade, I remember very distinctly this persuasive that we had to write and I chose a very hot topic um and I wrote this persuasive essay and my teacher graded me so poorly on that and my mom came to bat for me and it was because the teacher disagreed with my stance Uh, and I just really realized in that moment how powerful words are um and that they can actually make a change in the world so Um, Kind of catching up to the last couple of years has been really defining like, what do I want to write about? What, what is so important to me? And what do I feel like God is calling me to share with the world? Um, And so I've been working in women's ministry with Lisa, 
um, the last few years and really have just loved diving into Bible studies and, and really giving women a place to connect with God. And so that's kind of become the niche I want to write on is the people of a more platform, a place to say, I want to go deeper and want to learn more about God and just um, discover more about myself with him and all of that. So yeah, it's kind of, I love been that. Been defined. What a sweet legacy that your grandmother gave to you and passed on to you. That's beautiful. Yeah. I hadn't yeah. heard that. Love it. I know. That's great. Good little tidbit to know. And so what are some of the obstacle stuff that you've encountered along the way? Like, how did you actually take this passion of writing, of, of bringing to life these truths and, you know, everything with words? And then actually, I mean, like your books on Amazon to me, I'm like, I don't even know how you do that. How did you, what has that been like? And what are some of the obstacles you've encountered? Yeah, I think probably the biggest obstacle is myself, like my own um, fears. Lisa said it best of being young. You know, often we feel like I'm too young. I'm not ready yet. Um, I don't have the experience I'm not studied enough in this area. Um, those different things come to mind to stop us. And um, those obstacles are still present right now, even though it's published. Those are still very real fears in my mind. But um, actually publishing is a lot easier than people think. So it's kind of funny. A lot of people have had that reaction and uh, working with Lisa's books and other books on Amazon has really been helpful um, to kind of understand that process more. But there's a lot of moments too where I thought, do I traditionally publish or do I self-publish? And my mother-in-law is actually a published author as well. She's done both. So I started talking to her and this is her living. So this is how she gets by is by writing. So it's a little different. but she was telling me about the process of traditionally publishing, which would ultimately ultimately be a goal for me, um, and how self-publishing first can be really determinant of whether you get traditionally published or not. And so I got really nervous about that and was like, maybe I don't want to publish this year. Maybe I don't want to self-publish. But I just kept feeling like God said, just do it. You know, you're not doing this for the money. You're just doing this because I'm calling you to use your words to give people a place to grow closer to me. And um, so just, you know, researching, kind of dabbling in it. And I connected with some writers groups on Facebook who were doing the self-publishing process and learning by their mistakes <laughs> and um, then just putting it out there. And I know that the book I published has a lot of mistakes in it, but I know that it is what I needed to do. And I'm just trusting God with that at this point. Right, right. I, I love that you were motivated not because of yourself, but because God was calling you to do this. So you're you step stepping in and saying yes to how he was leading you, despite what it was going to look like on the other end, just trusting him that this is he was asking you to do it. And so you were saying yes to that, stewarding those mm -hmm. gifts that he's given you. Um so let's talk about this first book that you published um, that's available on Amazon, Miracles in the Meantime. Um, tell us the inspiration behind writing this um, Advent devotional. 
Um, I've always had a special place in my heart, which is kind of funny because I did not grow up in a traditional home that practiced the Advent um, tradition. But there's just this rush and hustle of Christmas that I always seem to struggle with every year. And God is always inviting me into that place to just slow down and remember who he is and what season is all about. So I knew I wanted to write an Advent devotional and just started thinking in 2020, who even cares about Christmas? Like, I don't even think Christmas is going to be enough for us this year. Um, And how were everyone started looking towards 2021 and thinking that that was going to change everything. (laughs) Um, (laughs) That all of a sudden the turn of the calendar was going to make everything wash away and it was going to be a brand new year. And I felt like that to me was just kind of missing something like there was all of this chaos this year, but there's something so powerful about recognizing God's hand in the midst of it. So that's kind of where the heart um, miracles in the meantime came from. Um, And I broke it into a a couple different sections, just reflecting on um, how God meets us in the messiness, um, how he's more than enough for us, how there's meaning in every moment. There's miracles in the meantime. And then I decided I don't want to just end this at December 25th because we do that so often and we just, we remember God's presence and his promises and all of that. And it's great and fun. And then December 25th comes, we get all of our gifts and we're like powering into the new year. You know, what, what's my new year's resolution? What do I want to do differently this year? And I always forget to bring God into that process. So I thought, what if, Advent actually continued Mm. into the new year, even, but even in this devotional, that it would continue through December 31st. So that last section is about moving into God's calling, but taking him into that journey with you. So it's a little unconventional. Um, (laughs) Advent normally starts the Sunday before December 1st, and this one actually starts on December 1st, and it's not just 25 days. So kind of threw all that out the water, but this one I think is, is just a different way to approach it. No, I love that. And I mean, we've, you and I have talked about Advent, Advent before Stephanie. And I think that, um, we both share a love of this season. Do you, for people listening who have maybe not participated in Advent or haven't, um, really been in a place to dive into that season or tradition, what would you kind of sum up, like, what is the impact of this season supposed to be or kind of where did it come from? I don't know if that makes sense, but just in your study and diving into it, what is the impact of Advent in the church year? Yeah. Um, I actually want to continue deep into it. Don't think I fully studied the history of it as much as I could. And I think that that's okay. I'm putting um, you on the spot again. a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no, that's okay. It's good. Um, I mean, even the word Advent, I realize is such a churchy word um, oh, that yeah. it just, it means the arrival of like something important, um, the coming of something that is really notable. So for that first Christmas, it was Jesus Christ. He is the Advent he is coming of the Messiah, the promise, everything that they waited for for so long. Um, and really even just thinking through the history of how long people waited for Jesus. 
And then we're on the other side of that and we're waiting for him to come again. Um, and I think that that to me, that feels so far off, you know, you're like, sure, we're waiting for Jesus's second coming. But I think there's also this promise that it's remembering who he is for us. And that actually, because he came to earth and he left the Holy Spirit with us, he's here with us in these moments. Mm-hmm. So while we're waiting for the second advent, um, we are also recognizing his hand in the meantime. Yeah, absolutely. I I was thinking about just that idea of waiting um, even this past week as we started Advent and walking through kind of, you know, that daily and thinking what a year to be thinking about waiting for something, you know, because <laughs> we're all, I mean, we're waiting for, think, you know, circumstances to change mm-hmm. or waiting for a vaccine. Maybe, I don't know if we really <laughs> want to go there, but um, how rich of a time it is to slow down enough to actively wait for something. Yeah. And I love your title. Just, it, um, sums that up. I think just miracles that can be happening every day, even while we wait. So mm-hmm. I, mean, I really love beautiful. that you just said that too, actively waiting. Like, I think that's a really beautiful way to state that, you know, waiting doesn't have to be just sitting there twiddling your thumbs, that there's actually something God is calling you to That's right. see and practice. That's right. I, I also love the expectation piece, because I think that as you're actively waiting, God has put within us, you know, a knowledge of his promises, fulfilled promises, and a, a knowledge of promises that are to come future fulfillment and there, and there's hope in that. And so we can refocus through this waiting on, you know, just expecting God to work. Why? Because he's faithful. He's a provider. He's, you know, he's, he's a good, a good father. And, and so it strengthens us, I think in seasons that are, you know, messy like this um, to have expectation to watch God work, right. To wait and watch him work. And be surprised by that. I love that. I love that. Well, why do you, I mean, in this season, uh, I think Advent has a very rich meaning and significance as we're all kind of ending out this year. And what are some ways that you want to encourage maybe our listeners to consider um, pressing into this practice and to the, the, just the beauty of, um, the the gifts that God has for us when we are actively waiting for him, how would you encourage them in this season? Yeah. um, I don't know. I'm sure I'm not alone in this, but when I think about, you know, I'm waiting for something or I'm looking forward to an outcome, a specific outcome, I find myself just doing, just constantly doing everything I can to make sure it happens, to make sure it's good, to make sure it's, goes the right way. Um, And I actually am also reading through How's Your Soul by Judah Smith. And that it's just all this idea that everything we think we need um, is really tied up in how we treat our soul and how we um, take care of ourselves on the inside. And I'm just going to read this quote from the book. He says, what I have found instead is that fulfillment 
peace, joy, and health on the inside are ironically often found by doing the exact opposite of what we feel like doing in the moment. And I think that to me, that's what this Advent is really all about. I was just telling a friend that this season, even for Christmas, feels very different. Maybe it's just the weather because it's 75 degrees outside today. Um, Or I don't know, just all the chaos around us. um, Things are just different this year. And Christmas is not going to feel the same. But I recognize that what I would do is I want to first miss I want to force that feeling of cookies and we go look at the Christmas lights and we have to have Christmas Eve service at time, everyone, the family, and it has to look a certain way. Um, But instead really sitting back and saying, okay, maybe there's something internally that I'm missing. And maybe there's actually more that I can do for myself um, and my soul that presents and Christmas lights and all that won't fix. That always helps, but (laughs) but it's not going to really bring that fulfillment, peace, and joy. Um, And and that God is not surprised by the messiness. I think that even I was raised devotion, it's so much for me, my heart too. I'm even reading through it right now. Um, And God knew how messy this was going to be knew how messy it was going to be when he showed up as a baby in that inn or not in the inn and the stable and how weird that probably was. And he still showed up. Um, and so I think that the thing for me that I feel God has been inviting me into is just sitting back and resting. Like I'm looking at my Christmas tree right now and the lights are on it, but I have not hung the ornaments. <laughs> and every night I look at it and I go, why have you not hung the ornaments, Stephanie? But there's just something in my spirit that's like, it's okay if the ornaments are not hung. You know, it's okay if it looks a little empty because I'm choosing to sit here and actually fill my soul with God's presence and his promises. And that actually makes the tree feel full, even when it's missing all these things that I'm used to. That's beautiful. Yeah, that. That was a great encouragement. And I think even today as we record, I mean, probably as you were talking about that, I was like, oh yeah, I just have had a list of things that I feel anxious about. And so much of it is around just the messiness and the unexpected. So thanks. That was a great reminder, Steph. It's funny how, you know, Advent, we think of this around December, around Christmas time, but I mean, this is something we need to be pulling out monthly. You know, this is is, is a a practice. These are some of the practices. And I think I, I, one of the things I love about your devotional is it's very equipping and practical and providing just some tools, I think, for anyone that's reading this to bring this into other ways that they study scripture and um, again, ways that they um, actively wait upon God for, for prayer and for, and for their future and things that they're waiting on, but also just watching God work, um, expecting God to work and watching God work. So it lives on beyond the 31 days. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Okay. Well, Steph, do you have any other projects that you're dreaming up right now? Or, I mean, this, devotional is I mean fresh freshly released fresh off um, the press. I got my copy here <laughs> I know it's so great but um 
yeah, has this kind of forced you to be dreaming of what's next or have you had any ideas around that? Um, yes and no. <laughs> yeah. Um, yes, I have a million ideas all the time. Um, I think this season has definitely shown me that a, it's totally possible to just start pursuing something and get it done and feel good about it in a short time period. Like I started writing this in August, so it's crazy. Um, but it's also really revealed to me that I need to be really thoughtful in how I spend my time and what I commit to. Um, and so one of the things that I, that kind of fell off my plate this year was blogging. Okay. Cause I, I was writing. Um, but I really think that that's piece I want to try and find the right rhythm to. So instead of blogging weekly, like I was trying to do. I am considering and probably going to um, publishing a digital magazine like quarterly. One of the things that I really like to do in addition to the writing piece is a little bit of that design. And so a digital magazine would give me that freedom. And it would also give a lot of freedom to the possibility of collaborating with other people. So other writers, designers, things like that. So I'm kind of focusing on that one. Um, I'll definitely publish again. I just not really sure what yet, but Bible studies, devotionals really seem like the right fit for where I feel God leading me. That's so cool stuff. I think uh, one of the things that I love and has been inspiring to be close to you uh, and watch you walk through this is just that you just went after it and made it happen. And I think there's so many, so many of us that, will have an idea. And like you said, in the beginning, you just get held up at the, just get it done stage. And so thank you for just being faithful to what ideas are planted in you and making it happen. I think it's great to be close to someone that's doing that um, in real time. Well, and you, and you walk closely with the Lord. So you are answering to him, you know, you don't involve lots and lots of opinions you're not looking to the left or to the right you're you're doing what you've been called to do and been faithful with to that and I think that that's that's going to set you up really well to to produce the things that God wants to work through you it's been really fun she's actually inspired me you know someone who's been writing for a long time to go I've been so hung up you know on different things and if she can do it then I can do it so um, actually um, I would love to share too that when I, I was just realizing this a couple of days ago um, and I shared this with Lisa and a few other people, I wrote this and the way you said it, Angie was perfect. I just wrote it and published it. Like I just did it and I didn't really think about it much, which is so weird for me. Um, but I realized something because of the people that have been reaching out, these random people just coming out of the woodwork that I haven't talked to in years and they're like, hey, I bought your book. <laughs> and and the the possibility of transformation that can happen from this kind of book was so overwhelming to me one day. And I was like, God, I don't think I prayed enough as I was writing this. I don't think I was intentional enough about the process of publishing this book. And now I'm so concerned that <laughs> this is not ready for some people, you know? And I just felt like God say, I needed you to write it and send it away and then get out of the way so that I could do the work I needed to do. 
So and good. that was just so um, that was so good for me to hear from yeah. him. But just that that kind of peace that it's all in his hand now, you know. And I I wish I had mapped things out and had a plan. But had I known how much of an impact it would make in certain people's lives, people that I don't even know, I probably never would have published it. Uh-huh. And you know, just knowing that God knew that and he just needed me to, maybe he needed me to not think about it for so long so that by the time I started writing it, it was time to just go, go, go and get it published. Um, but it was just me doing what he called me to do and getting out of the way so that he could fulfill his work through my obedience. So it was a cool lesson for me too. <laughs> Love that. Well, Steph, any final thoughts you'd like to share uh, to encourage our listeners as we wrap up this really fun and personal, inspiring conversation with you? I don't think so. Um, Yeah, I hope that as crazy as this Christmas is for you, that there's some peace and joy in the midst of it. So, yeah. I love it. While we actively wait for God to do what he's going to do, according to him, it's going to be really, really good. (laughs) Yes. That's good. So good. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Stephanie. She is easily one of my favorite people. And, uh, you know, Lisa and I were talking, it's just fun to have conversations with the people we get to do life with. And uh, hopefully you were encouraged by that. I loved you know, we went into it thinking, oh, it'd be great to talk with Steph about the process of writing this book and devotional um, and what Advent looks like. And I think that there was just some really good encouragement in there, too, for people that have a dream uh, or an idea of something in them that um, hopefully some of you felt encouraged to just go do it and to give God that dream and see what see where that can go. So a lot of good nuggets in there and um, hope you enjoyed that as much as we did. Yeah, I was thinking a lot about just that actively waiting on God that, you know, it's not just to, like she said, we're not twiddling our thumbs where we're waiting for things to be resolved or prayers to be answered or to come through things, but that there is an activity that we are doing with God as we partner with Him to do the work that he's going to do. And that just was a kind of a shift for me and some of the things that I'm waiting on right now and kind of walking into mm-hmm. um, in some personal ways. And so that really encouraged me. And the other thing I keep thinking about is why do we just wrap this up at Christmas time? Like this is gold. Like this needs to be incorporated into almost some of our spiritual practices and disciplines. Um, this this idea of Advent, and so um, I love love her devotional. If if you uh, enjoyed our conversation, you can go to Amazon and purchase Miracles in the Meantime. And whether it's at Christmas or even in January, this book has just some great truths and practices, and will encourage you, however you choose to to read it. Absolutely. Well, thanks for listening today. If you thought of someone that would enjoy this conversation, make sure to share this and like and subscribe so that you don't miss anything that's coming up. But hope that you're enjoying this Christmas season. Uh, It's not too late to jump in on Advent if that sounds like something you want to do. And we will see you next week. Bye. Bye.